This week on Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. They have long, beautiful legs and they have wonderful bodies and I love them. And welcome to Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. I'm Brian Morris. And I'm Stacey Kulo. And we're sharing our childhood shows with each other. It's two specific ones, not like all of them. Oh, we're not doing all of them? No, we're but just... I would love to share Lamb Chops Play Along with you. Uh, I would love to share Lamb Chops Play Along with you. You love Lamb Chops Play Along? Um, yeah. Did I ever tell you the story about how when my mother told me that Sherry Lewis was a ventriloquist and I was devastated because I thought that that meant that Sherry Lewis was the dummy? That's terrifying. I thought that she was a puppet, puppeting puppets, being puppeted by puppeteer. It's really too bad we hadn't had this conversation last week. It is. Um, But now everyone knows, and now you know, and Sherry doesn't because she's dead. Speaking of funny voices, we needed to look up something that we did in a previous episode, but didn't want to listen to the whole thing. So we did it on Double Speed, which if you're bored, listen to one of our podcasts on Double Speed. It's hilarious. Yeah, listening to us Double Speed just sounds like two people who just did a bunch of coke and really need to talk about Buffy the Vampires. Oh my God, can we talk about that scene where we saw the Buffy went into the locker room? Oh my God, yeah. Oh my God, I'm going to tell you about Buffy's this. Buffy's like the greatest show of all time, isn't it? Don't you think? Can I use this stall? We're talking to Buffy. Just get out of here. We'll be out in a minute. God. Now listen to that scene on double speed and you won't be able to understand it. I promise. (laughs) So the shows that we are watching are Gilmore Girls, a show that I love but Brian's never seen. And Buffy the Vampire Slayer, a show that I love that Stacey's never seen. We started this week by watching Gilmore Girls. And yes, we are still doing two episodes of Gilmore Girls because Buffy is a short season. And today we watch season one, episode 13, Concert Interruptus, and episode 14, That Damn Donna Reed. Brian, why don't you tell us about Concert Interruptus? So this episode's about Rory going to a concert with some possibly new friends and Lorelai having a rummage sale. So the episode opens with uh, Rory and Lorelai going through the closet and Rory telling her mother, you need to get rid of a bunch of this clothes. And her mother's like, no, I can't. This has got rhinestones. I can't. I love all this stuff. She's big into rhinestones. Yeah, she's very big into rhinestones. And I get this. I hate getting rid of old clothes, you know? Especially stuff with rhinestones. Yeah, they're having like a fundraiser rummage sale to save the town bridge. Yeah, what? I don't know. So a bunch of the townsfolk are dropping off various old clothes and knickknacks. So the house is just like, you know, full of rando stuff and while this is happening, while they're sorting it, Suki shows up and she's got tickets to go see the Bangles. Four yeah. tickets. Wow. Yeah, she got them like from some job that she did as like a reward. They're all excited. It's going to be Lane, Lorelai, Rory, and uh, Suki. But Lane can't go. It's insane to me that Lorelai in this episode would have lied for Lane. Because in the previous episode, mm-hmm, they made mm-hmm. this big deal out of how Lorelai couldn't lie to Lane's mom about where she was. But right. in this episode, presumably, they would not have told Lane's mom, and Lorelai would have known that, because she would have known they wouldn't have been okay with her going to New York with them. Yeah. So I don't know why Lorelai's perspective changed suddenly. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, all of it. I mean, Lane had to know her mother wasn't going to let her do it. It's also crazy that her mom won't let her do it. Her mom's totally crazy. I don't like her character. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I mean, I get that, that there are people like her, but it's just, like, so frustrating to you want to shelter your child that much. Yeah, it is It is interesting. Because I think Elaine is, like, doing well in school and stuff. So it's like, okay, as long as she's keeping her grades up, she should be able to do, a, like, 
some stuff. She actually says she's not doing well in school. I don't remember if it's this episode or the next one, but Rory goes to see her and she's like, what are you up to? And she's like, oh, learning that I'm not good at this subject, this subject, or this subject. Oh, yeah, that's right. But th- that is true. That does happen in the next episode. So right? maybe Lane's mom is like totally justified and Lane needs to like not go anywhere until she improves her grades. At school, Tristan is staring at Rory totally creepily. In class. Yeah, just staring at her. And the teacher calls him out on this a couple of times. This was like crazy to me because it's like he's staring at Rory. Teacher calls him out. He's like, cool, cool, cool. Stares at her again. Finally, the teacher like points out like, hey, you're looking at that girl's ear. It's weird. And he's all like embarrassed. But like, dude, chill out. I I thought it was a little rude of the teacher to just like out that he has a crush on Rory, basically. I had no problem with it. I was like, stop being a weirdo, man. Tristan is so creepy. He's not good. No, he's not. But Paris loves him. I don't know why. But the teacher puts him into groups for a big debate that they're going to do and puts Rory on the same team as Paris and her two uh, sidekicks. What are their names? Madeline and Louise. Not going to remember that. So Also, they say that... They also say that Madeline's last name is Lynn. So her name is Madeline, Madeline Lynn. Lynn. That's funny. I don't like that. Also, the teacher like very badly assigns who's in group. She just like starts pointing. So Paris has to like stand up and be like, um, excuse me, I did not see which group you put me in. And I don't know why she stands up when she addresses teachers. It's not like military school. If she wants to get the teacher's attention, she should just stare at Rory. <laughs> Uh, they decide they're going to meet at Lorelai's house, uh, also known as Rory's house. Well, that's both of their houses. Yeah. But. They decide they're going to meet there because, and I thought this was pretty funny. Um, they had various reasons, but one of the two girls was like, my mom's having an affair, so we can't meet there. That yeah. was funny. Yeah. And Rory's house is far away and cluttered, so I don't understand why they went there. They went there so that her friends could see how awesome Rory's mom is. It's true. They do like Rory's mom. Yeah. Madeline and Louise are like obsessed with her. Yeah. I don't know why Paris hangs out with these two dipshits. Like... They're shitty. I don't get why they like her. She's like constantly stopping them from trying to have fun. Right, that's true. She seems a lot more nerdy than them. Like they seem very boy crazy and like yeah. wanting to party and she seems very straight laced. I mean, they must be smart if they also go to the school. Right. So Lorelai keeps finding clothes that she wants to keep throughout the episode and Rory's like, no, we're trying to get rid of things. And she shows up to Luke's dressed in this like super ugly sequin jacket and this triggers Luke. Yeah, he's like, where'd you get that? It's not yours. Get rid of it. You shouldn't be wearing that. Get out of here. And then we find out later that that was actually Luke's previous super serious girlfriends. And somehow Lorelai has like lived in this town for the last 16 years and like didn't know Luke was dating anyone, even though she goes there like every day. I don't know. I didn't have a problem with that personally, just because I was like, they weren't probably close five years ago. And like, you know, I doubt his girlfriend was just like hanging off his shoulder at the coffee shop. That's every day. true. They try to say she was out of town a lot because she's adventurous, which is like ultimately why they broke up because she thought the town was too small but it seems like Lorelai and Luke are pretty close I just I think the writers are even like yeah why wouldn't Lorelai know Mm -hmm. because she just keeps asking like how did I not know right and she's very preoccupied by this so the girls come over to Rory's house to get ready for the debate and Lorelai has a smart idea of giving the bangles tickets to the girls since Lane can't go and that the girls can go take their really cool seats yes and that Suki and Lorelai will just get other random shitty tickets when they get there and I'm like Suki is the one that brought these tickets maybe we should check with her to make sure that she's fine with that I know it's like Suki is the one that can give these away, not you. I also want to point out that she ordered pizza and had Pop-Tarts in this episode. The Gilmore Girls subsist on pizza, Pop-Tarts, coffee, and hamburgers. 
they have to have the shits all the time. I can't imagine that they're not constantly in the bathroom. That's an episode in like season six. That's an episode in season six? No. Where they're all in the bathroom the whole episode? Honestly, though, they're always drinking coffee, always eating dairy. I know not everyone's lactose intolerant, but still, like, your body can't handle all of it. They're going to have heartburn. That's all I have to say. So they go to the concert. They're like, meet us back here at the end of the night. We'll be here. Lorelai and Suki buy nosebleed section tickets. I felt so bad for Suki because it's like, God, you had great seats, and now you're in the very back. In this scene, Suki... Tells her a little more about Rachel, Luke's Mm -hmm. ex, and Suki's like, you're jealous, you like him, and Lorelai's like, no, what are you talking about? But, like, she totally is. Yeah, she totally is into Luke, and it's silly to think that she's not. So the real Bangles are performing on stage. Paris is, like, really into it. She, like, whispers to Rory, I really actually like this band a lot. Uh, And then the other two girls, what are their names again? I don't care. Uh, (laughs) They... are talking to the two boys behind them. They don't go away for a while. You should learn their name. Okay. Blondie and the other one. Madeline and Louise. Madeline and it's gone. Uh, Those two girls uh, are macking on the two guys who are much older than them behind Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. And then like halfway through the concert, they're like, hey, we're going to go to a party. We're going to sneak off. You should come with us. And Rory's like, you can't. Like, we're in New York. You don't know these guys. That's dangerous. Also, my mom took you here. Like, she's going to have to take you home. They're all like, whatever, Square, we're going. And they go off with these two stranger boys who then murder them and sell their organs on the black market. End of episode. Yeah, it's really dark. Yeah. But does Lorelai like Luke? (laughs) I don't know. Wait a minute, Brian. I just remember that's not what actually happens. Oh, you're right. I'm thinking of something else. That's happened to my cousin. Yeah. So the concert ends. Madeline and Louise are not back. And Rory has to tell her mom what happened. So she finds the party, you know, embarrasses the girls, drag them out. But I'm just like, what were the girls' plan? Yeah. Like, you're in New York. Someone drove you here. Fine. You want to ditch the concert, whatever. But you you need to be back. And you have to be back. Like, where are you going? How are you going to get home? So Lorelai yells at them and is like, I'm going to tell your moms. And they're like, yeah, that's fair. (laughs) Basically. I mean, they feel bad. They... They were dumb. Paris loves this. She loves seeing her two friends getting dressed down for their stupid behavior. Yeah, and I think she had a good time at the concert. Her and Rory sort of like talk about Tristan and Paris admits that she knows that Tristan is just like flirting with her to make Rory jealous. And I'm like, Tristan is not working. Rory hates you. Yeah, but Paris does allude to something in the past about their relationship when they were growing up and also say that his home life is bad. Yeah. Tristan's still a piece of garbage and I hate him, but... What would it take to redeem Tristan for you? There's got to be something. Something. Nothing. Cool. Here's what could happen. There isn't like a secret I could find out about him that's going to make me be like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. your actions are justified. What could happen is that we could see an arc of him coming to terms with how bad his behavior is and trying to become a better person. Okay. Then I could like Tristan. But we're not going to have like a redeeming secret. Paris was going to be the only one doing the debate portion of the debate, but she decided to let Rory have some of it. So they're becoming friends. Uh-oh. I feel like Paris is going to have a redemption arc on this show. But like Paris was so crazy mean at the beginning of the show that it's almost like, I don't forgive you, Paris. <laughs> Yeah, she was much softer this episode. I mean, she definitely snapped at Madeline Louise a lot, but like... Like, I know she's got a hard home life. A couple episodes ago, we found out that her mother had her whole back reconstructed, whatever that meant. Uh, The final part of the episode, they're at the rummage sale, and Luke apologizes for being all gruff the other day. He said he was being a jerk, and Lorelai says she gets it because she understands that this is his ex's stuff, and... She gives it to him and says, you should keep it and remember it. So then we watch that damn Donna Reed. 
Brian, what happened? So this episode is about Rory and Dean having their first fight, having different opinions about maybe gender role options. <laughs> and it's about Lorelai coming to terms maybe with her feelings about Luke. It's also about animals. Yeah, about cute little baby animals. This episode starts with Dean coming over to have pizza and salad yep. uh, to watch the Donna Reed show. They give Dean a lot of shit for eating that salad. Yeah, it does look like a garbage salad. It looks like yeah. just iceberg lettuce and tomatoes. That's what it looks like. So yeah, they're watching the Donna Reed show, which I had to look up. I guess it is a real show. It seems like Leave It to Beavery, yeah, but more focused on the mom than the beaver. <laughs> Very progressive show because previous shows focus on the beaver completely. Like, who cares what the mom's thinking or doing? What's going on Just with that show beaver? Us the beaver. Uh, and it's hard to tell what you're looking at because it was all black and white back then. Mm-hmm. So really, it was difficult. Their skirts were so big. I know. Stacy started this joke, guys. Uh, I didn't. Um, I don't cancel me. But they're watching the show and the two women are like dubbing it over their own, you know, dialogue. And Dean's like, well, I can't hear them. And they're all like, it's more fun this way. And they sort of make fun of this lifestyle of the, you know, the perfect housewife. This scene is weird for me because Dean sort of says like, oh, you know, people following these gender roles, you know, it can be kind of nice. And they look at him with like daggers like they hate him. And I totally get why they think that. Later in the episode, we find out that He just means that if a woman decides she wants to be someone who just makes dinner and takes care of the house, then that's fine. But he doesn't expect that of anybody. Yeah, it's more about like the expectation that a woman should do that, which he didn't seem to have a problem with in this scene. Exactly. And that's what their first fight's about. And it just seems weird that he wouldn't qualify his opinion. Yeah. (laughs) And it's just sort of like, yeah, that's a weird thing to say, man. Especially when you know that Rory's like super smart. And, like, probably he's going to be a lawyer or something or, like, a politician. So, I don't know. It's just weird. There's a lot of other stuff going on in this episode. Emily and Richard are having a hard time going to Martha's Vineyard. Their normal place isn't available. Real rich people problems for mm-hmm. them. Uh, they can't go to Europe this time of year. It's too expensive. And Lorelai suggests flying coach. And this is, like, offensive to them. Yeah. <laughs> they just, like, do not know what to say. Yeah. That, that was very funny. Yeah, that was funny. Also, Rory is house-sitting. Babette and Maury have to go out of town. And Rory agrees to, like, stay over and watch their new kitten apricot so cute so cute so cute oh i love apricot yeah luke is being forced to paint his diner by the entire town why does the town care i don't know i don't understand this whole like the town's like you gotta spruce this up i would first off be like dude you need to get the hell out of my coffee shop like i don't have to serve you and i'm tired of you Lorelai very happily volunteers to help him because she loves painting and she sings a little song about painting which i couldn't get out of my head for a while could you remember the song for me, songs are a lot like names. <laughs> They're just gone. What's the town council man's name? Taylor Dosey. Taylor Dosey. He's going to be around. I got to learn this name. Taylor Dosey. Mm-hmm. Taylor Ro- Dosey. And Rory's friends are? Madeline. Mm-hmm. Do I need to know the other girl's name? Like, no. She just seems so unimportant no, as that's a fine. character. <laughs> Do you know which one's Madeline? The blonde one? No. Oh, no. <laughs> I know the name of the one I don't care about at all. <laughs> The blonde one, like, has a bit. Like, her game is that she's, like, flirty dumb. The other one's just dumb. It's true. Madeline. Got you. What's the other one? Louise. Louise. Madeline, Louise, Taylor Dosey. There's an episode where they all hook up. Great. (laughs) (laughs) So Rory gets off the bus. They're so much younger than Taylor Dosey. Well, you'd be surprised what the show does. Yeah, I guess so. 
So Rory gets off the bus. Dean is there. They make out right in front of the bus for like a while. People are trying to get on the bus. I'm like, move. Yeah, they're standing there with a giant bird cage. You're being rude. Yeah. Yeah, Rory brought a bird home from school. She's supposed to like watch it live for a month to learn about its life cycle. I don't know what that's about. Um, Stella is the name of the bird. I remembered the bird name. Yes, her mother names the bird Stella. But this is where Rory and Dean get into the fight about Donna Reed. Like, Dean's still bringing it up, and Rory's, like, pissed. His mother used to cook dinner for them all the time, so it's sort of like he takes it as an insult that that would be a wrong lifestyle. Yeah, but I get why Rory is, like, offended, because it's almost like Dean likes this for a woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Rory decides to, like, do this for Dean. She's got this house to herself, so she gets a cute little 50s dress from I don't know where you get a hoop skirt on this short of notice and it in fits Stars Hollow. Too. She's got very cute shoes. Loved those. She goes to Lane to find some music, which is fun. This is where we learn Lane's doing bad in school, but Lane's got like secret CDs beneath the floorboards. So Dean gets off work and goes to meet Rory like they planned, even though they were fighting, and she pops out of the house looking all cute in her Donna Reed outfit. And he's like, what the fuck is this? And it would be weird, I think. I I don't know what she's trying to do right now, honestly. They yeah. just got into a fight about this yeah. with her basically telling him that it's wrong that he thinks this is okay. Right. And then like without any explanation, she's just like, I made your dinner. It's green beans and steak and jello. If this had been us, like if you had done this, I would have like immediately been like, hey, I don't want you to feel like you have to do this. And he does say that, but like after a while, but I would like immediately be like, okay, you're either very upset and making fun of me, like super hard, passive aggressively. Or, like, you feel you need to do this, and I need to tell you that this isn't something I expect of you. The only thing I can come up with is that we learned she's done a bunch of research about Donna Reed and learned that she actually was, like, a producer for the show and, like, had a lot of say in the show. So, like, she clearly wanted to make this show and, like, portray women this way. So maybe Rory's, like, a little empowered knowing that this woman did choose all of this for herself. Yeah. But, like, that's not really explicitly said. No. So I don't really get what the point of any of this was. It's just weird messages all around. Yeah, it really is. Um, It was weird. So Luke and Lorelai are picking out colors for the diner over beer. And uh, the townsfolk just cannot believe this. They just keep coming in. There's bets made that he's not doing this. Everyone's taking photos. I get why Luke hates these people. I hate them. And I and I know they're fake. They'll get more lovable. Taylor Swift. Day- Dosey. Dosey. Taylor Dosey. Taylor Swift Dosey. I hate him. Luke admits, like, he doesn't want anything about this place to change. He doesn't want Lorelai to get ready to any of the stuff that's on the walls. He remembers that there's even somewhere around a place on the wall where his dad wrote down an order back when it was a hardware store. I'm like, if you know this, you know where it is. So why do you have to, like, think about where it might be? Yeah, that was insane. Also, they find it, and it's huge. I don't know how he wouldn't notice it every time he walked by. But also, it's, like, on the side of a counter, like, on the ground, pretty much. Like, for his dad to have written an order like that, he would have had to have been lying on his stomach on the phone. Yeah, was his dad having a heart attack when this happened? And he was like, oh, I gotta finish this order. It's all just an excuse to get them in, like, a cutesy position on the floor. Yeah, a bad excuse. And they basically almost kiss, but they kind of get interrupted by the townspeople, and Laura's lie is like, I gotta go. I gotta go. I know I got a full beer, but I gotta go. So she goes, and the bird has gotten out. Stella! Which is funny, you know? Mm-hmm. Reference to Streetcar Named Desire. Uh, so she calls Luke to come look for her missing chick. Why did she call Luke? That's the big question, because Luke shows up, and when, the way she grabs him when he walks in the door is very, like, 
sexual. Oh my god, yeah. She like runs to the door all like damsel in distress and is like grabbing his arm and pulling him into the room. It, it, there's no other way to read that body language. Yeah, or like I'm just super drunk and don't understand boundaries right now. Like those are the only two ways that work. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, you really are looking for a chick. And she's like, what does that mean? So they look for the chick. Luke breaks a lamp. A lot of this is Luke looking, by the way, and her just like laying on a fainting couch. She's like, oh, no, my chick has escaped. Yeah, Luke probably has a boner this whole time. <laughs> so Luke is going to take out the lamp. Dean is going to take out the trash because that's what the man does after the woman makes the dinner. And Luke and Dean bump into each other and Rory and Lorelai come outside. This was very funny, I thought. Just like all of them getting caught. Like, why is Luke with my mom? Why is Dean with Rory right now? Are they Mm -hmm. doing it? And this was kind of funny, too, because Lorelai's like, yeah, I assumed you'd have your boyfriend over. But like, why are you dressed like that? Yeah. And she made fun of her. It was funny. Then Luke goes home. Still got a boner. Yeah. So the next day, Lorelai is in the kitchen at the hotel with Suki, and she's complaining about how, what it, what was Luke thinking? What did he mean by that? And Suki's all like, hey, you're an idiot. Obviously, you like Luke. That's why you called him. He had every right to think that something was out, that you had a fake reason for bringing him over. I've done that before. Lorelai seems so dense here. I get how she can not have intended for that to be the case, but there's no way that she can't see from Luke's perspective why it might come across that way. Totally. So the episode ends with, you know, another Friday night dinner, and they are super excited because they found a new place. To summer. Yeah, someone maybe like died of alcoholism, so a place became free. Yeah, and they are super excited about it. That was actually a really funny joke because then Lorelai makes like a joke about that guy dying and they find it very offensive. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, no, you guys were just being super morbid. Yeah. But Lorelai outs Rory's little Donna Reed moment, which they have a lot of questions about, but Rory's like, I don't want to talk about that. I thought that was so stupid. Well, why were you wearing an apron? Like, that's not even a story, man. Like, she put on an apron. But then Rory outs the fact that Luke was at their house. And then Emily's like, we need to talk. Hey, I need you to tell me something so I can judge you for it. Do you love Luke? And she's like, I I don't know. I might. And Emily's like, well, thank you for being honest. And later we'll talk about why he's terrible for you. Yeah, there's no way Emily's going to like him. I'm trying to honestly figure out why Lorelai doesn't know. Like, you know when you like someone. And the only thing I can come up with is she does have him sort of like friend zoned. Like where she she likes flirting with him, enjoys the relationship that they have. But like deep down, because she comes from money, she thinks she's too good for him. Or just like doesn't see herself. With that kind of man, even though, like, I think in her heart, she believes she's not this person that her parents want her to be. But, like, maybe deep down, she doesn't think that kind of man is good enough for her based on who she's already dated, which was, like, an intellectual man. Well, I've noticed that Lorelai seems to need to be convinced she should date people. Because the teacher, like, was like, hey, you like me. I like you. This is true. She's like, well, okay. Yeah, Luke just needs to tell her they're in love. Yeah, and then problem solved. Oh, and then the end of the episode. Rory and Lorelai are going to the grocery store, and then they see a guy in a motorcycle, and... You thought it was Dean. I did. I thought it was, because they've... Because Dean has simultaneously said he owns a motorcycle and does not own a motorcycle. That is true. He works on bikes, but insists he does not ride a motorcycle. Uh, But then it's Rory's dad. Rory's like, please, Mom, can our daddy stay with us? Like, we're a real family. Like on the Donna Reed show. So is this going to have some kind of impact on the relationship she's brewing with Luke? Ooh, who knows? And is the relationship with the teacher totally off? Who knows? Oh my god, this show. She's managing a lot of men right now. She is. He drives off with Rory on a motorcycle and she mutters, Christopher. 
There's a lot in that Christopher, though. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of Christopher? I feel like he's going to be garbage. Roy was very excited to see him. But just make her ride that motorcycle if the mom doesn't want you to. It's like, don't. So do you think those are good episodes? Um, no. I don't know. I liked the stuff with Luke. I, I forgot about like the whole painting thing and like the, the chick hunt. And I totally forgot that Christopher comes back in this one. Uh, the next episode is called Christopher Returns. So I figured that was the one where this happened. I forgot he just showed up at the end of an episode. Mm-hmm. So when that happened, I was like, oh, no, what's Brian going to think? But yes. <laughs> oh, no. Brian hates dads. <laughs> but the Donna Reed stuff, I remember being very confused about always and still am. And the concert one's just kind of boring. I think it's just there to make Rory and Paris get a little closer. But yeah, the Lorelai not knowing about Luke's ex thing was like, what? And the jacket was ugly. I thought they were entertaining, but I think these are pretty weak Gilmore Girl episodes if I'm comparing them to other ones. Yeah, I'd agree. They're not bad. It's definitely not like bad television. I would never be like, these are bad episodes, don't watch them. It's just like, oh, I've seen how good the show can be, and this is just not one of the better ones. And now for a special segment we like to call Meanwhile Uncharged. Charmed was another popular show airing on the WB around the same time that neither of us have seen. But we're going to discuss it anyway. Based only on its IMDb summaries. Brian, what happened on Charmed? Meanwhile, on Charmed Season 1, Episode 13, From Fear to Eternity, every 1,300 years, a unique demon appears that feeds on the fears of witches. This time it is targeting the... Hollywell sisters... I should know their names by now, but I don't. This time, it is targeting the Hollywell sisters as they receive aid from their Wicca ancestors, just as they are close to their own fearful deaths. I don't know that we've actually ever talked about their last name, so um, let's just assume that they are the Hallowells. <laughs> I'd be so embarrassed if it's not, though. I don't want to be wrong about any of these recaps. What is a unique demon? Are there a bunch of, like, bland, basic bitch demons? Like, what's a unique demon? He's probably got, like, interests and hopes and dreams and, like, goals to be more than a demon. And Does he make just... crafts? Maybe he's got, like, a mole. Uh, okay, is he, like, kooky? Is he, like, the the new girl of demons? It's like, oh, what a crazy little demon. They must be super afraid of something that it's targeting them. I'm guessing they're afraid of being canceled because it's a dumb show. These women seem kind of thirsty in general, so I bet that's what they're afraid of, that they'll never get a guy as unique as this demon. And it's he's, probably like... Power tripping off that knowledge. Yeah, you'll be spinsters forever. Have you read Infinite Jest? But their ancestors come and help them. How do you think they almost die? He hangs them off the roof. They each three climb up his tie and live. All three of them? Yeah, it's one at a time. Sort of like slapstick, honestly. And the ants are probably like up there yelling, grab the bow tie. Don't be afraid. And they never fear anything again. And meanwhile, on Charmed, Season 1, Episode 14, Secrets and Guys. Okay. Yeah, okay. It's yes. always about That's guys. That's all it's about with them. Yeah. That, l- Secrets and Guys could be the name of Charmed. <laughs> Prue and Phoebe receive a plea for help from a young kidnap victim, which is bad grammar. Kidnap is a verb, and you got to make it a gerund if you're going to make it into a noun Brian, just or an finish adjective. it. Finish the summary. While Piper is surprised by the unexpected return of her lover, Leo. Leo's, Leo's a, a dog. dog. Okay. Do you think he's a human again? Or does he just like come running home with a frisbee in his mouth? Well, my guess is is that in a previous episode, we probably forgot to mention, because the IMDb wasn't clear, mm-hmm. that she, you know, for better or worse, took him off and dropped him off somewhere. To get groomed? No, just to like let it set him free. You know, you set love free. And oh. like any good dog, he found his way home. So it's That's like this nice. big like homeward bound kind of episode. So he still is a dog? Yeah, of course. Okay. Who has kidnapped this young kidnap victim? I don't know. But I'm going to guess... 
a bad person. I, I mean, the kidnap victim must be a guy. It's called. We're s- saying kidnap victim. Well, that's what is wrong. Just reading what they kidnapping wrote. victim. So Prue and Phoebe rescue this guy. I'm sure in the next episode, one of them will be in love with him and turn him into like a parrot because that's just like what happens on this show. Or both of them, They're, they turn him into a parrot and they're fighting over him. These I'm, women love guys, especially ones that get turned into things. Yeah. I bet Piper, with her bad magic skills, accidentally turns him into a cake and then Prue eats him. Yeah, it makes sense. This is Ben. Meanwhile, on Charmed. So we also watched an episode of Buffy, season one, episode 10, Nightmares. What happens, Stace? So this is about a boy who's in a coma, and somehow, while he's in a coma, he taps into, like, the nightmare world, and nightmares get released upon the town, and everyone's nightmares come to life. Yeah. You know what's really interesting? What's that? This is the first time we're seeing both Rory and Buffy's dads. Yeah. That's just very weird. Yeah. These shows don't have a lot of similarities, but it's it's strange that it lined up that way. Yeah, weird coincidence. So the episode opens on Buffy in the Hellmouth. I'm like, what? Couldn't they just seal the Hellmouth if they know where it is? And Brian's like, they don't know where it is. And I was like, oh, this is a dream. She encounters the master. She wakes up. Her mom's like, your dad's coming today. Calm down. Buffy seems to be a little nervous about meeting with her dad, but he's going to pick her up after school and she's going to go spend the weekend with him. They go to their active listening class. I don't know what. What is this class? I don't know. When we meet a new character named Wendell, and like as soon as they gave this guy a name, I'm like, that can't be good for him. If he was just like a random boy in the class, we wouldn't need to know his name, but like something bad's gonna happen. Yeah. I hate it when they name characters because then it's like, do I gotta remember this name? It's not gonna happen. Buffy notices out of the corner of her eye this, like, Joseph Gordon-Levitt-looking little boy. You were convinced it was Joseph Gordon-Levitt. It really looks like him, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's, like, the same age as Buffy's. I don't know how he could also be 11, but he's just kind of creepily watching. Wendell, the new boy, opens his book, and a bunch of spiders come out. Big, big tarantulas. It's scary. Everyone's freaking out. He's like, help me, help me, help me. And then the look, he's like, sorry. So then the anointed one is downstairs in the basement with the master. I shouldn't say basement because there actually is a basement in the show. He's in the hell, in the hell mouth. And he's teaching him about fear. Fear is like the most powerful thing and, and something is changing up on earth. I can feel it. Yeah, and he like touches a cross to show that he can overcome his own fear. Willow is like, as Xander says, being insane about the spiders. Like she was just remembering how scary that was. But like, no, that is terrifying. I get Xander's point, though. Then he goes on to say, like, yeah, we know demons are real. Like, we'll figure it out and we'll stop it. Yeah, that's true. So I guess that's a little bit of improvement from the previous episode where they're just, like, making fun of Buffy for the supernatural happening all the time. Yeah. Now they're like, no, weird things happen every day. Chill, Willow. They go to the library and Giles is all like, I got lost in the stacks. Which, by the way, like, I don't know how far the stacks go back, but I guess... It's a lot. He seemed very preoccupied. Like, to me, it seemed like he had fallen asleep in his office or, like, had a girl in there. I'm like, is Miss Calendar back? Is she below the desk? What's happening? <laughs> but he's like, whatever. You guys figure it out, which seems very uncharacteristic of him. No, no, I think it's pretty characteristic. Every time they come to Giles this season, they're like, hey, there's a problem. He's like, I've got the book fair coming up. You're right. And then later in the episode, <laughs> he, like, majorly fails Buffy. I'm like, well, you weren't trying so hard in this one, Giles. <laughs> so then they go to talk to Wendell to figure out, like, what's going on with him and spiders and we learn he's like maybe in love with spiders yeah like they call him insects and he's like they're not insects they have long beautiful legs and they have wonderful bodies and i love them arachnids are the best 
If you're not into arachnids, you should jump off a cliff. So intense. Yeah, he's uh, very into spiders. <laughs> but he like reveals that he has nightmares about them, but he knew that this one was real because of everyone else around him freaking out when the spiders started crawling everywhere. Yeah. Cordelia walks by and is like, don't forget the history test, Buffy. She's suddenly very concerned about Buffy's study habits. Yeah. But then Buffy says something about not having been to this class all year. And I'm like, oh, she's having a dream somehow. So like the whole class goes by and Buffy's not even put her name on the test. I've had this dream a bunch of times. Like even well after college, I had this dream. It's terrifying. Yeah, I still do. I'll be, it'll be like a math class or something I haven't gone to the whole year. It's the same dream. It's so funny we all have it. But that happens to no one in real life where you just like forget you're enrolled in a class. So then there's this other random girl that is going to go take a smoke break in the aforementioned basement. The little boy like kind of follows her and is like, you shouldn't go in there. Who can see this boy, by the way? I feel like Buffy can see it. Later, the Scooby gang can see it. People can see it. The Scooby gang, by the way, is what they call the main characters in this show. Mm. Um, That's funny because Buffy's in a Scooby-Doo movie. I know, right? That's kind of fun. But like, if people can see him, why isn't that kid like warning people like, hey, don't go down there, lady? Where's the principal? Did he have to bartend in space during this episode? Yes. All right. He was gone. He was making his quirk special. All right. Uh, (laughs) So she's down in the basement and there's this like grotesque big scary dude. This guy is essentially the tyrant or the nemesis creature from the Resident Evil games. Oh, for those of you that know that, good for you. It's a very small Venn diagram, but I know my audience. But he just says something like, lucky 19, and starts beating her. She has to go to the hospital, and Buffy and Giles go to visit her, even though Buffy says she like only has basically said hi to this girl, and she doesn't question why this girl from her school that she doesn't know and the librarian are suddenly in her hospital room, but they have a conversation. But they also say that there was a boy who was the first victim of some random beating. Yeah, there's this doctor that like tells them way too much information after they just lie and say they're her friends. I don't know how they know that these two things are connected at all, because the kid came in presumably knocked out. Yeah, I mean, the doctor says they have the same same condition but like you can get beat up from different things so then things start to really take off and we start seeing a lot of nightmares coming true yeah this popular boy with sunglasses his mom shows up and starts kissing him in front of everybody and embarrassing him xander walks into a classroom and then he's in his boxers he looks good yeah, he's I don't buff. know what he's worried about. That's not if he was naked, but he's got his boxers on. And it's boxers. It's not like tidy whities If anything, maybe girls should start asking him out after this. Yeah, how is he a loser? Like, he's attractive, and he's, like, built. Now, he's not, like, crazy built, but... No. I mean, yes. I mean, I'm not attracted to him. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> we find out that Giles can't read this whole time he's been lying to us. Yeah. His nightmare, obviously, is he can't read. But this scene was funny for me because Buffy's like, huh, you can't read? They haven't figured out the nightmare connection yet. No, and then Buffy just starts talking about this test that she failed. So she just blows past the fact that this man that's supposed to be guiding her through her life through books can't read. At best, he's had a non-supernatural stroke. Yeah, And she's like, cool, cool, I had a crazy test today, Giles. (laughs) Get Giles to the hospital. She, like, leaves without even, like, caring at all. Well, to be fair, her dad showed up and whisked her away. Yeah, this scene was kind of funny to me, honestly. So we know her dad's coming, but he's like, hey, we got to go outside. I got to talk to you about something. And he sits her down on a bench. It's real nice. And he's like, you know, I never really thought of you much as a daughter. You're such a disappointment to me. You're the reason I left your mother. By the way, your hair looks bad today. I think you're stupid. 
I would discourage any man from ever dating you. You're bad at sports. You smell terrible right now. There's something between your teeth. Oh, no, that's just how your teeth are. They're gappy. You're only going to be in about three movies after this, two of them being Scooby-Doo movies. You're going to be in one scream, half the grudge. Seriously, it's like 10 minutes of him telling her (laughs) she sucks. It could have been like a quick phone call. Like, hey, you're the reason we broke up. And it would have hit home but it was just so sad you'll be a porn star in strange days that's it that's the last movie you're in i assume these are all real references i don't understand yeah but now they put together what's happening and i feel like i put this together after buffy's clear test nightmare i don't know what's taking them so long to figure out that they're all having real nightmares but whatever then we get like the swiftest most bullshitty explanation for what's happening yeah child's like oh it's the kid the kid's in a coma he's somehow connecting our world to the nightmare world all the nightmares are coming real and she's like, how is that possible? He's like, you know, hell mouth, you know, this stuff's easier here. What? I'm sorry, what now? The master set up that something psychic and powerful was happening. I have to extrapolate that the kid is actually sort of psychic. Yeah, you said that, but I don't think they ever did. They never did, but that's what I have to assume is happening. Otherwise, anyone in a coma could do this. Yeah. If you've been in a coma and you have been able to communicate with the dream world, let us know. Yeah. Leave us a comment. In a nice way that doesn't warp our reality and frighten us. Yes. Please. It's Halloween. Don't be too spooky. So they're like, we got to stop this. And of course, Giles is like, yeah, yeah. If we wake him up, everything's good. You know, based on nothing. Right. So Buffy finds the boy. He tells her some stuff about how it's his fault. They lost the baseball game. We find out his number was 19. So he is lucky 19. And all of a sudden, Nemesis shows up and is like, stars. And she has to fight him. Again, that's for a very specific audience. She can't fight this thing. It's too strong, which I... Don't have a problem with because I imagine it's like a dream, so it doesn't actually follow rules. But then I do have a problem with it later. We'll get there. Xander is in a hallway where there's like Nazi stuff on the wall, which earlier he said he's afraid of Nazis, so I guess that's why that's in there. But the Nazis don't show up, so I don't even know why that's there. But there's like a a string of candy bars laid out on the ground as if to lure him like he's E.T. And he just keeps eating them. He takes a bite of one, finds another one, opens it, munches on the. I'm like, what? Were you like a fat kid? And that's what your fear is? Like, what is this candy bar nightmare you're Yeah, having? he never finishes them. Yeah, he takes a bite, goes and, to the next one. And then there's a clown. Like, there's a lot happening in this. When he meets up with Willow, she, like, remembers this birthday party where the clown scared him. I wonder if he didn't, like, shit himself or something. Yeah. Because they don't actually say, but it, it seemed like something really embarrassing happened with this clown at his birthday party. I think it's something to do with facing your fears, like the nightmares have no control over you. Because the master set that up at the beginning about facing your fears. Uh-huh. And then Xander faces his fear against this clown. Although... There isn't a moment of him, like, coming to terms. He just decides to turn around and punch the clown right in the face. And it was like, yeah, I'm over my fears, I guess. Right. There's a fun part with Willow. Her fear is, like, going on stage and speaking to other people. And they've already set this up a few times in this season. So I actually liked that. I was like, that's, this is organic. I like the writing for this part. Well, she has to sing opera. Yeah. Which she doesn't know the words. She's dressed like a clown herself. We see Cordelia for, like, a hot minute. Yeah, she's like being dragged away to chess club by some nerds. What a dumb fear. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much deeper they make Cordelia, but that's about as deep as she gets at this point. Right. Somehow Buffy's transported with Joseph Gordon-Levitt to the graveyard where the master is, and he's like dug her a grave. And because she is afraid of the master, this is real. He's her nightmare, and he's come to life, and he can now attack her, and he buries her alive. Is that the master, though? Is there two masters right now? Do you know what I mean? Is there still one in the Hellmouth? Because we're led to believe that this is the real master from just what he says. Right. 
But we never later hear him being like, oh, it was almost out because of that nightmare thing. Well, I don't know that. Uh, well, I'll tell you. He never says that. <laughs> but also, he buries her alive, which is a fear of Buffy's, I guess. But like, you'd think that if the master were real, really there, he would kill her. And eat right. her. And then also kill a bunch of other people. In my mind, there had to be two masters. And this is a dream master that's just telling her whatever to make her more scared. Then we see Buffy's real fear in the next scene when the Scoobies find her grave. Oh, we see a fear of Giles in that Buffy has died because she's now got like a headstone. And he's like, this is my fear that I like couldn't save her. But somehow he can now read the headstone because he knows it says Buffy. Yeah. Mm. Then Buffy comes out of the grave and she's a vampire, which is, I guess, her fear. Yeah. And then they go, like, we're going to go wake up that kid. Willow asks Giles if she thinks that finding Billy will work. And he says something like, why don't you just shut up, Willow? <laughs> it's super funny. But I'm like, Giles, do you know this will work? We're, like, going off of nothing here. He clearly doesn't. That's why it's just like, Willow, enough. <laughs> but the doctor's hands are all cut up. I thought that was a cool little tiny detail. Yeah. Like, his nightmare came true. Just mm-hmm. to show that, like, yeah, the whole town is affected by this. They quickly show some giant bees that are looming in the air. Some giant, like, uh, Microsoft 95 generated graphic bees. <laughs> yeah. So the demon nightmare man comes in and Buffy kind of... Beats the shit out of him. And here's my problem. So she could not beat him. She said, I can't beat him earlier. So I'm guessing the justification in the writing that's never said is that she's got like extra strength because she's a slayer and a vampire. Oh. Because she clearly states she it's too strong to fight this guy. She should just become an angel vampire then where she has slayer power still, but also vampire power. I mean, that would be helpful. Hmm. So they don't clearly say that or even allude to her having more strength, but she just beats him up. So I don't know. That kind of bothered me that there wasn't a line explaining it. Just like, yeah, she beats him up. This time it's fine. But the kid is the one that ultimately like defeats him by like pulling his face off or something. Yeah, I guess facing his fear or yeah. defacing his fear. Ooh. Ooh. And then the coach comes in to visit the kid. He's like, hey, you didn't ask, but I come here every day. This is my star athlete. And they deduce that this is the guy that beat the shit out of this kid. I love that this coach just shows up like coached out in his like whistle and stuff. Like, hey, I'm the coach, everybody. Just so it's very clear who I am. And, and the citizens arrest him. And then we never see this kid again. <laughs> Everything's awesome at the end. Xander's outfit is terrible. Buffy's dad shows up for real. Now, I have something more to say about dreams. I had a dream once that my dad was very, very mad at me. Mm-hmm. He didn't, like, beat me up or say that I was worthless, but I think we just got into, like, a simple fight, and he was very mad at me. I woke up, and I knew it was a dream, but I was, like, scared to go downstairs because I thought my dad was still going to be oh. mad at me and things would be awkward. But Buffy has, like, somehow go- gotten over the trauma of her nightmare dad telling her she's worthless. And right. it's just like, all right, dad, let's go get ice cream. <laughs> Yeah. Because she obviously is worried that those things are true. I felt the same way. If she dreamt that. And then Willow's like, Xander, were you still attracted to Buffy when she looked like a vampire? And he he was. And he's like, yeah, I need help. I'm I'm hopeless. That's all that happened. Brian, do you think this was a good episode? So I don't think it was a great episode, no. I liked the idea of their dreams, uh, their nightmares coming true and finding out what their nightmares are to kind of inform us more about the characters. Mm Mm-hmm. But there's just so many problems with this episode as far as storytelling for the whole show. Like, everybody in this town started experiencing their nightmares for real. But we never talk about it again. No one has PTSD. Nobody's like, hey, what's happening to our town, man? It's getting bad. Right. Like, it's so much happening that there's no way that you could just go back to normal. It isn't like, hey, a dozen people were affected. This entire town was affected. And it's something that, like, maybe you might think was your own thing, but then as soon as you talk to your neighbor, they're like, no, I was attacked by a lion yesterday. So it's like... 
people would talk about it. I enjoyed the scenes individually, but mm-hmm. when you think about it as a whole, it maybe wasn't great. What do you think the ranking is for these episodes, Stace? Mm, man. I'll give this one to Buffy. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Buffy too, but it's not like, yeah, Buffy. It was like, yeah, Buffy just like eked out on top. I think season one of Buffy, this is a pretty good episode. I mean, I think it's better than the earlier episodes because we know the characters more. Giles was kind of whatever in this one, but he was funny, actually. Mm-hmm. I-, I liked this episode. It was it was good. Considering the entire body of Gilmore Girls, those are two of the weaker episodes of yeah. Gilmore Girls. So go Buffy. Yeah, I guess maybe season one, this is one of the better ones. I'm just comparing it in my head to like season two. And I'm like, this is just like a throwaway episode. Yeah, I think that's how I feel about Gilmore Girls too. I mean, it was fun, guys. If you're watching at home, it, they're, they're, all these episodes are fun. You should watch them. We're yeah. just ranking them. We had a wonderful afternoon. Yeah. Our cat cuddled with us for a while. Yeah, it was crazy. Well, we would love to hear your thoughts about either or both of these episodes or just what you think of the podcast in general. Leave us a rating on iTunes. Yeah, tell us, you know, what your nightmares are. Let us know what you think was happening with the Donna Reed episode. I really don't know. Is it weird that Luke's dad wrote that on the floor? Why do you think that Lorelai can't admit that she loves Luke? Am I right? I feel like I'm right. You can reach out to us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, at Gilmore Slayer. Also follow us at Brian and Stacy. That's Brian with a Y, Stacy with an E-Y. Or send us an email at brianandstacyreviews at gmail.com. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel, also called Brian and Stacy, where we review things and talk about movies and stuff. If you want to watch along next week, we'll be watching Buffy Season 1, Episode 11, Out of Mind, Out of Sight. As well as Gilmore Girls Season 1, Episode 15, Christopher Returns. As well as Episode 16, Star-Crossed Lovers and Other Strangers. That's a whole bunch of other people. Yeah. Should we go see if our cat wants to cuddle again? Yeah. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Have a good night or day, whatever time of day it is. Morning, middle of the night, whatever time. And if it's that midsummer place, just I don't know what's going on. Get out of there. Also, how do you have reception? Yeah. Did you download this and then go? Anyway, you're on mushrooms. Have a good time.